Welcome to another episode of Butchering French Names, also known as The Art of Selling Wine. And today I am having a very interesting conversa conversation with Agnès Dustrac Irvin. Agnès Dustrac Irvin. Oh man. And uh, it's super cool because she's researcher at the INRE Institute. It's a, a research institute at Bordeaux City. And she focuses on new grape varieties that can get introduced into the Bordeaux area. And this is a very, very, very complicated and very political topic, as you will see. But I was happy to find somebody who speaks English fluently and who really takes the time to answer all of my detailed questions. So please enjoy Agnes. Welcome to the art of selling wine. In this podcast, we explore the foundation of business success in the wine industry. And we also take a look at global game changers, such as changing climatic conditions, changing customer behavior and demands, emerging and fading distribution channels, and many topics alike that affect winemakers everywhere. My goal is to collect regional answers and strategies and spread the ideas worldwide. My name is Diego. I'm a wine marketing consultant specialized in the strategic brand positioning of small and medium-sized family wineries. I have a background as trained winemaker in Rheingau area, Germany, and a degree in international wine business. This podcast is my contribution to the wine sector that I love so much. Enjoy it in the vineyards or in the cellar, or while traveling as winemaker or sommelier. And don't hesitate to contact me. You are listening to The Art of Selling Wine, the podcast for wine professionals. This episode is presented to you by WinePlus. WinePlus is a German-based platform for wine professionals from all around the world. It is written W-E-I-N dot plus, W-E-I-N dot plus. And all the episodes of The Art of Selling Wine and my German podcast, Wein Verkauft, are available in early access for the WinePlus members. It's a free membership, so you don't have to pay and you get two weeks early access to any episode. The Bordeaux series is also powered by Amorim Kork. Amorim Kork is partner of my German podcast and therefore they enabled me to do this whole endeavor in Bordeaux. And if you are currently looking for a new supplier of high quality cork, I recommend taking a look at Amorim Kork. And if you understand German, I also provide a nice German episode. I think it's number 62 with Gerd Reis. He's the CEO of the Northern European division of Amorim Kork, and we talk about the renaissance of cork and the future of closing, closing systems for wine bottles. This whole series, the Bordeaux series, was made possible by a German company called Euramobil, Euramobile, you would pronounce it in English. They produce high quality mobile homes and they provided me, meaning my wife and me, with a mobile home just for the trip to Bordeaux. And if you are interested in these kinds of things, I highly recommend going to the Art of Selling Wine episodes four, maybe five, and taking a look at our travel diary 
in that episode we talk about all the funny things we <laughs> got to see and uh, got to do in Bordeaux and all the accidents we had and also I give you a brief overview about the mobile home we were in and how living and working in a mobile home actually turned out to be. Additional partner for the French series is vitisphere.com. Whenever you want to find out about what's going on in French wine business, I highly recommend visiting Vitisphere. They are very helpful to our industry in France. The Bordeaux episodes were also supported by Bordeaux.com. It's the website of the Bordeaux Wine Growers Association, CIVB, and they supported me with giving me access to many, many, many of the interview partners that you are going to get to know in the following episodes. And we are live. Now, this one is going to be a bit technical. Uh, today, I meet Agnes Distrak-Irwin. She's engineer at INRAE and we will uh, explain what this means and how it's correctly pronounced in, in France and um, at this research institute where I'm at right now she's responsible for the VitaDub project but uh, Agnes uh, I'm sure that you can explain this way better so please give us a small introduction into who you are and where we are at and what you do. Okay. So thanks. So I am Dest Agnès Destrac-Irvin and uh, I am engineer uh, at INRAE, that is the French National Institute of Agronomic Research and Environment. Uh, our I work in a, a research unit called uh, UMR EGFV. Uh, it's a unit uh, uh, including people from uh, INRAE university and also uh, engineer school, Bordeaux Science Agro. And uh, our um, main subject of research is the adaptation of uh, grapevine to climate change. We especially work on the plant, not on the wine. And uh, we started our research uh, at uh, DNA level And then we stop uh, at uh, uh, vineyard and also appellation level. So we make research at an integrated level from DNA to appellation. And uh, um, we focus our researches uh, on the different tools uh, that are available to adapt the vineyard to climate change. And... Uh, um, Among the different tools, uh, we decided to uh, to focus our researches on plant material. So, as I can imagine that you know, uh, the grapevine uh, is a grafted plant. So, the roots is a variety uh, that was chosen uh, after phylloxera crisis, and on the variety. Uh, that represents the woods, uh, we graft another variety called uh, cyan. And uh, so in the unit, we work even on the woodstock part, the wood part, and also on the cyan part. Uh, uh, if we focus on my uh, researches, I work especially on cyan aspect. And in 2009, uh, we introduced in Bordeaux an experimental plot composed by uh, with 52 different science, so also called varieties or cepage. 
and uh, 52, uh, 31 uh, red varieties and 21 white varieties. And those varieties were, were chosen uh, on different, with different criteria. Uh, the first one was phenology uh, um, aspect, phenology uh, um, characterization of these different varieties. And after it was uh, notoriety, and uh, uh, the third criteria was uh, the analogic aspect uh, to be sure that uh, we have uh, selected uh, varieties that have the same uh, family um, taste than Bordeaux wine. Uh, why the first was phenology? It's because of the impact of climate change and especially on temperature on the grapevine. And uh, we observe that uh, um, now it's more than 20 uh, uh, years ago, we could observe that uh, the phenology uh, was impacted by the temperature and uh, the highest temperature induced uh, an precocity in the uh, development of the grapevine. I did not get the word. What did it cause? The precocity what of the phenology. Mean? So what we could observe that, uh, for example, the bud burst, that is the first uh, uh, development stage, uh, which correspond to the, the, the starting of the vegetation. Uh, we could observe that uh, the bud burst occurs more uh, earliest than before. Yeah. And it was the same after if we focus uh, uh, our observations on flowering stages and also uh, on veraison stages. Veraison is the starting of maturation uh, period. So because of the uh, of uh, more highest temperature, the, all the uh, development cycle of the grapevine uh, are earliest. Which also brings new uh, pressures on the plant because the more ripe it is, the, the hotter the wetter, the more yes. fungal uh, and it's diseases not, you will have. Yes, it's not just an impact on the professional and you said, okay, so maybe you could have holidays in uh, July, but you were not uh, able. No, the problem is really on the, on the plant because when the maturity occurs uh, uh, in the summer with uh, highest temperature, uh, uh, there is an impact of the quality of the grapes. And uh, with higher temperatures, we have uh, more sugars produced. And then after, when you transform uh, in wine, you have uh, uh, more alcohol in the in the wine. And But uh, also on highest temperature, the, the, the acids inside the, the grapes are more destroyed and uh, very quickly destroyed. Yes. So... Um, if the maturity occurs with higher temperature, we have uh, grapes with more sugar and less acidity and also with less aromas and uh, uh, all the composition is uh, impacted. Sure. So, um, yeah, what I try to understand today and in, in terms of this episode is uh, how the Bordeaux area tries to respond to climate change and uh, so to the temperature change temperature change to um, the diseases that are 
known. I mean, they are not basically new, but um, how they occur is new. And uh, I learned that the climate conditions have become very unstable in the last 10 years. So there's no like typical Bordeaux weather anymore, but it's just one year like this, next year like this and totally different. And um, you are not alone with this type of problem. So this goes on all around the world and uh, people develop different strategies. And uh, so I will not only talk to you about this, but I want to especially understand what direction the main research is going in in Bordeaux. So yeah. how do you think you will tackle this problem, this issue? And as far as I understand from uh, other interviews I did, Uh, Bordeaux is especially looking at uh, grape varieties from more southern countries. So uh, winemakers talk to me about uh, wanting to plant Alberino or Turiga Nacional or um, comparable uh, varieties. And as you said, you introduced uh, 52 uh, new varieties for research. Um, can you briefly go over this list and tell us what varieties they are that you find yeah. most interesting and also why? Okay, so um, among the 52 varieties, uh, you will find the Bordeaux varieties that are markers for, for us uh, to study uh, climate change evolution. But we also introduce uh, French uh, uh, famous uh, varieties uh, to see the evolution in the context of climate change. And uh, uh, our choice for the others uh, was to introduce and to uh, study uh, the behavior of uh, varieties from uh, other countries uh, to see uh, how they can adapt in Bordeaux and uh, what uh, is their behavior. And uh, as I said to you, the first behavior uh, and the first adaptation that uh, we are studying is the phenology. We try to uh, introduce uh, latest varieties uh, because the, the first impact is uh, on the phenology and the earliest varieties are more impacted than the latest. So you are If, looking for delayed maturation in hotter climate, yes. right? Yes, exactly. Uh, the context of uh, Bordeaux vineyard um, is uh, uh, especially impacted by climate change because 65% of the production is composed by Merlot variety. And Merlot is an early variety. Uh, that means that uh, the maturity of Merlot occurs uh, early in the season. It's natural. It's an early variety. And the second one in Bordeaux is Cabernet Sauvignon. On the opposite, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon is a late variety. That means that the maturity occurs later in the season. So at the moment, uh, climate change and especially uh, uh, highest temperature is good for Cabernet Sauvignon because in some uh, vineyard in Bordeaux, in some places in Bordeaux, Uh, the uh, the condition in the in the past uh, were not uh, great for Cabernet Sauvignon because sometimes uh, this variety was not able to to uh, have a great and good maturity for the grapes. So uh, does this mean we will see more right bank 
Cabernet Sauvignon from Saint-Emilion? Or does this see that the Medoc wines are getting better and better? For Medoc, it's a, yes, it's a, like, uh, if I can say, it's like a, an opportunity to become better and better because of the maturity of their variety Cabernet Sauvignon. But uh, for Saint-Emilion, for example, uh, uh, some uh, professional uh, said that uh, uh, it will not be possible to continue to produce uh, Merlot because the quality of Merlot is not good at the moment. So uh, our idea uh, was not to uh, make a revolution uh, in the in the Bordeaux vineyard. It was just to to give some information and to uh, to produce tools for uh, the professional to help them to adapt to the, this new uh, uh, climate uh, context. So uh, that's the reason why uh, in the 52 varieties uh, we have chosen latest varieties. Uh, to propose to the professional other varieties than the Bordeaux varieties that they know, that like, uh, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot, or Sémillon uh, uh, Sauvignon, just to give them the uh, other uh, another tool uh, to adapt. And so we introduce, as I said to you, the the 52 are Bordeaux varieties as marker, French varieties, and also uh, varieties from other country, uh, especially from uh, Mediterranean, uh, Mediterranean uh, countries, because we saw that, for example, if we uh, think about Portugal, uh, we have quite the same climate, because uh, uh, if you uh, look at the position of the ocean in uh, in Portugal and then in Bordeaux, it was quite the same position for a uh, geographical uh, aspect, but uh, because it's in the south, the temperature are highest in the Portugal, and uh, they produce very good wines and very good portos with variety adapted to this condition and with highest with high temperatures. Do they have the same level of humidity in Portugal? Because uh, as we traveled Bordeaux, everybody was like, you are so lucky with the weather right now. And uh, I, I have no reference because I was not here when it's not nice. I mean, we had some days of rain, but people told me that it's quite wet in Bordeaux, actually. Yes, it is. Uh, um, to, respond to, uh, to answer to your question about... Uh, uh, um, water aspect uh, it's quite the same in portugal uh, uh some parts of uh, portugal vineyard uh, are very wet and uh, but with the same uh, climate variation that uh, we can observe in bordeaux what areas are most comparable it's the porto uh, the porto vineyard so more in the north of portugal of course it's not lisbon in the south and uh, so that's uh, the reason why we wanted to introduce uh, these varieties in Bordeaux, but just to test, it was an experimentation uh, to see the the adaptation and the behavior. And uh, so we implanted the varieties in 2009. We started the research in 2012. We wait that uh, the grapevine were uh, able to produce uh, grapes. And then uh, starting in 2012, uh, we produce a lot of data, a big database with a lot of information on these varieties. 
at experimental level. And uh, why I said experimental level? It's because uh, we wanted to uh, study the response of the variety and just the response of the variety, uh, not the interaction with the soil. So for this, uh, we introduce uh, all the varieties on five blocks with uh, um, um, repetitions, five repetitions uh, on the on the plot, and then we uh, we treated all the data with statistical analysis to be sure to have the response of the plant and not the interaction between the plant and the soil. And uh, so we created a huge database with a lot of information, including phenology and also uh, composition of the grapes uh, during all the maturation period, and uh, also uh, the vigor and the fertility and uh, um, the, the sensibility to disease. And uh, so many, many parameters uh, were studied. And... Uh, so our idea, it was just to create this database and to have information on new varieties. If one day uh, the professional asks uh, us information about uh, plant material as a tool for adaptation, it was just our idea. And uh, uh, during the period of the, the study and of the research, uh, the French uh, National Institute that uh, is responsible for uh, the appellation, so in French is AOC, AOP, uh, this institute called INAO uh, proposed uh, in 2019 um, the possibility and the opportunity to uh, the professional to experiment at their level, new varieties too, uh, with the possibility of uh, integrating these grapes in their wine and uh, uh, to have the, the same valorization of these grapes than the Bordeaux wine varieties. So it was, uh, it was, it's not, uh, um, um, Sorry, uh, I have to find my words. Um, when the INAO proposes to the professional, it was just a proposition. Uh, they can uh, agree or not agree with the system, but they are not obliged. If they want to experiment this variety, uh, they can do. They can do it now with other varieties and Bordeaux varieties, and. Uh, um, but uh, it's just a tool, it's just a proposition. But uh, when wine growers here uh, do these kinds of experimentation, they can sell the wine as EGP, right? Uh, before uh, this proposition by INAO, it was EGP wine production. But now, with uh, this proposition, uh, they can valorize the product by uh, AOC production. Really? AOC production, yeah. So I can plant, uh, whatever, say, Tourigan National, uh, National or Albarino. And sell this as AOC Bordeaux. Yes. But uh, if you do that, uh, it will be an experimentation with limitation. Meaning? Uh, meaning that uh, it's just uh, 
you can just produce uh, these uh, new varieties on 5% of your vineyard. And you are, uh, you can just add at the maximum 10% of these new grapes in your wine. Okay, so 10% max of uh, harvest amount and 5% of area. 5% of area and 10% of the production. So no. I could I could do two varieties each five percent of my five and five not ten and ten <laughs> yeah sure okay yeah. okay all right and uh, this ten percent uh, is it the amount of harvest or it's the amount of area dedicated to the research ten percent is uh, 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 among of production harvest harvest yes of harvest and five percent is for area okay all right. And the 10% at harvest uh, is a proposition uh, by Inao uh, maybe to um, to make a natural uh, equilibrium in the wine. Uh, for example, uh, if you produce a Merlot wine with uh, too much sugar and then uh, too much alcohol in the Merlot wine, uh, maybe you can uh, by adding just 10% of uh, uh, grapes with a low sugar uh, level, you can just reduce natural uh, uh, with a natural system uh, the degree of the wine. Just a short interruption because I want to talk directly to you who are listening to this podcast. I'm Diego, I'm the host of this podcast, obviously. What you maybe do not know is that I'm also active as wine marketing consultant for wineries and I'm specialized in small and medium-sized family wineries that try to figure out their strategic positioning. This often occurs when the winery faces a generational change, so it's ahead of them or they just did it, and the new owners try to find their identity and the winery's identity. The other scenario where my help is often asked is when wineries change their market. So, for example, from producing bulk wine to bottling wine. Strategic positioning, I can explain this best on my own podcast. So there are many of wine podcasts mostly talking about food pairing and stuff. There's one podcast for wine professionals talking about how to make money in the wine industry. This is mine and this is very special. So this leads to platforms like Wine Plus. It's 230,000 members. 30,000 of them are professionals working together with me. Or Vitisphere, the main French medium for wine growing, working together with me. Or Ives, the worldwide corporation of wine research institutes, working together with me because of my strategic positioning. But this is also possible for wineries. But when I look around, most of the wineries I see, they have a me too positioning, meaning look at me, I also do organic wine, or I also do vegan wine, or I also have a vineyard in this area, or I also produce orange wine, or what have you. So this is positioning, but it's not good. Let me tell you the story of one of my customers. It's Terra Preta Weingut. Huppert, meaning Terra Preta Winery Huppert. And so together we positioned them as the only winery that has its brand centered around the use of Terra Preta. Why is this important? Because if you check this stuff out, it has a huge community on YouTube. You can buy it in grocery stores. Uh, television channels are reporting about it. 
Joe Rogan podcast is reporting about it. And no winemaker got the idea to use it as his strategic positioning. So instead of saying, yeah, I'm organic winery Huppert, we can say I'm Terra Preta winery Huppert. This is good strategic positioning. And I consulted them and I helped them to change their whole brand around this new identity. And the effect of it is that they now can sell their wine where no other winery is selling because they are part of the Terra Preta community from now on. And if you want to learn how strategic positioning can help you grow your business and stabilize your income, do not hesitate to contact me. I do my consulting locally because I travel the wine world a lot, but also online via Zoom or video conferences. And so just contact me and we can talk about what is possible. It's the same for acidity. For example, yeah. if you uh, if you have uh, grapes with uh, uh, not enough acidity in the in the grapes, and then when you produce wine, uh, uh, you don't have the freshness of the wine. Uh, by introducing uh, by adding ten percent of grapes uh, with a, a correct acidity, uh, you can correct with natural system the acidity of your wine. So that was the idea. And 10% is the maximum, maybe five is enough. Uh, and it's possible in the uh, Bordeaux area because uh, Bordeaux wine are blended, in fact. So that was the idea. Uh, Inao proposed this uh, at national level, of course, to, to propose to all the wine producers uh, the possibility for experimentation, but uh, for Bordeaux, it was a very good opportunity because uh, with uh, blended wine, uh, it was a natural system uh, to re-equilibrate some, uh, some wines. So that was the idea. And uh, uh, so for this, the professional uh, asked them, uh, asked her, sorry, uh, the possibility to have the database with all the information that uh, we gave to them, of course, uh, to help them in the choice of the varieties. Is the experimentation done by the winemakers, um, is it always in cooperation with you or do they just do their own business and you are happy to get to know about it? Uh, in fact, it's not uh, a link direct uh, between the research and uh, the producers. Uh, the... Um, uh, the I don't know the name in English. Legislation, you can uh, say yeah. the the law. The, the, law. the, the, the legislation is actually, legislation. Yeah, yeah. It's the English word. Uh, the legislation uh, for the producer is controlled by uh, syndicat d'appellation, uh, and uh, uh, because um, it's very hard to explain in English. Um, Maybe I, I, so, I uh, ask my question about this. So um, are you aware of the varieties the winemakers experiment with? And does this match the grape varieties that you choose here to do your experiments? In fact, we just gave uh, uh, the information uh, from the database to help them to, choice, uh, to make a choice uh, on some varieties. And... Uh, in the in the experimentation, uh, they will be able to experiment ten red varieties and ten white varieties, and they started. Which are? 
the varieties, which are? Just a, a list of 10 red and a list of 10 white. But it's And fixed. they have to propose. They have to propose a list. Ah, so they can choose whatever 10 they want, but they, they are limited to 10 of each. Yes. So. Uh, the, the experimentation will not ex uh, exceed uh, more than 20 varieties, 10 red and 10 white. And, uh, but um, they have to propose the varieties, the 10 red and the 10 white. And for them, it was very difficult to propose a list, to propose varieties, because they didn't know uh, which they could propose uh, to the producers to, to make experimentation. That's the reason why they ask us, the database, with the information, just to make a choice. Okay, I, I want to ask a question, and uh, this might make some people <laughs> angry at me, but I found that um, the French wine industry is very self-centered. So it's like French wine, best wine of the world, all the others don't matter, they don't know what they do. Uh, I, I had this feeling quite some time and uh, when I asked people about what do you think about wines from Chile, what do you think, do, do you feel threatened by uh, international wine markets and they were like, no, who are they? Is this a problem that French winemakers have no good idea about foreign wine styles? So for me it's a shame because... Uh, I, know, I don't know it's if it's true, but because I've just talked to 20, 30 people, this is not I think average. it's uh, for all the subjects, uh, when you discuss with people, you will, f you will find people uh, uh, for and uh, other against. And uh, um, it's a good question. Uh, it's a good thing that uh, you talk about this because um, uh, among the varieties that uh, they have chosen to experiment in Bordeaux, there is a Portugal's uh, a variety from Portugal, Torriga Nacional. And uh, we could hear people say that we will never produce a, a variety from Portugal in Bordeaux because it comes from Portugal and it's not a French variety. But they have forgotten that Cabernet Sauvignon, for example, that is a Bordeaux wine variety, is planted everywhere in the world. And it's not a problem for the people. So Sauvignon, Sauvignon Blanc, uh, is a Bordeaux variety and it's planted everywhere in the world. It's not a problem. I mean, that way it's but nice if because you say, it's, a, it's an export, not an import. Yeah. <laughs> but if you say that we want just to experiment a, a variety from Portugal to see what's happened and what is the, the adaptation and the behavior and the possibility of this variety just in Bordeaux area, it's an experimentation. Everybody said, no. No, no, we don't want that because it's not a French variety. But a variety is not French. A variety is not Italian or Portuguese. A variety is a world variety. All around the world, uh, there is a natural production. And uh, if you ask a plant, uh, what is your nationality? <laughs> the plant has no, no, has no frontier. And uh, the plant is a plant... Uh, on the world. So uh, it's so funny that uh, finally it's just the idea of the, the human. But uh, a plant is a plant and uh, a plant has no nationality. <laughs> so and uh, so um, I said that not because I want to produce a variety from Portugal or Ita Italy or Spain in Bordeaux. I think just I am agriculturist and uh, I have uh, so my 
position is just because uh, I decided to study uh, biology and uh, the plant. And uh, uh, of course, I'm French, but uh, just with my study, I realized that uh, a plant has no nationality. And if uh, we are all in the same, uh, we we all share the same problem of climate change. Climate change is not French. Climate change is not from Portugal. It's a world subject. And uh, so what is the problem? To use the world plant material just to adapt to this world situation. So um, I'm not for or against things. I am just uh, look, uh, I just look at the situation and uh, uh, I said, uh, to the producer, you are not obliged to experiment if you don't want. You can keep Bordeaux wine varieties as inscribed uh, in the Cahier des Charges of Bordeaux, like Merlot, Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay, if your vineyard is adapted, it's still adapted to this variety, no problem for uh, for you, for me, for the neighbor and for the consumers. But if your vineyard is not adapted, if you want, you are uh, you can now experiment tool uh, just for the adaptation so for me it's an opportunity and uh, it was nice that uh, the french uh, institute uh, proposed this experimentation to the producers they are not obliged it's just a tool if they want to test it uh, they can do it now uh, they were not able to do it uh, two years ago or if they wanted yeah, to experiment, the, it was EGP wine. I actually, I had the, um, I'm missing the word, I, uh, uh, impression, I had the impression, sorry, um, that at least the winemakers I talked to were quite frustrated because they could not start experimentation on a big scale because they saw this problem long ago and they said yeah we we cannot do it because we cannot sell the wines and now this is changing so uh, I, it, to me it seemed that the legislation is actually late in introducing the opportunity to sell these wines as AOC yeah. wines and to say okay you can do it on a grand scale and uh, so uh, yeah <clears throat> but I'm 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 not sure about it. Like everybody, <laughs> I get so much confusing information. This is it's quite funny, but I know it's uh, absolutely the same in Germany. And um, so, what would be interesting for me is um, to to um, zoom in a bit from this uh, whole meta subject. We we understand uh, what's going on. We understand the the type of research done. Uh, all people in the audience absolutely know what we're talking about. What are the findings? you have right now because uh, you are 10 years in the study so you have to have some findings about what grape varieties match how you can for example improve the merlot quality uh, in the range of blend that is allowed and uh, all these uh, topics what what do the winemakers give you as feedback what, what is working and what isn't so after 10 years uh, we are able to classify the varieties uh, uh, with the different parameters that we are, we have studied. For example, uh, we are able to, uh, to give the name of the varieties that produce a lot of sugars and on the opposite to give the name of the varieties that, uh, are not able to produce a lot of sugars. 
and uh, the same for acidity and the same for phenology. So, uh, for example, if you want a variety uh, to re-equilibrate the sugar level, uh, you will have the, the information with variety uh, with a low uh, production uh, capacity, uh, with a low capacity of production of sugar. So uh, the results we obtain with 10 years with statistical analysis is finally uh, we can group all the varieties in different uh, boxes uh, with a variety with a uh, uh, lot of sugar uh, and but also a lot of acidity and on the opposite a lot of sugar but uh, uh, less acidity and uh, also uh, f for the phenology uh, the varieties that uh, early at the bird burst and uh, the varieties that are late at the bird burst and uh, um, for the phenology, for example, so last year we have a problem of frost uh, in Bordeaux. Uh, it was a late uh, frost. And for example, uh, the earliest variety at Burbust uh, already started to uh, to develop uh, the, the leaves and uh, they were very impacted by the frost. And on the opposite, the latest varieties uh, at Burbust time uh, didn't start to produce leaves, so they were completely uh, protected by the frost. So uh, finally, it depends uh, on, uh, on each producer and on each vineyard. If you are a if you have a vineyard uh, that uh, is very exposed to the frost, uh, the producer will uh, orient uh, will uh, uh, yes will go and uh, will will make choice of varieties that uh, are latest for, at burbust uh, burst time, for example. And uh, for an, in another example, uh, if you are in a vineyard where the condition uh, produce a lot of sugar in your grapes, uh, the producer uh, will make the choice to reduce uh, this uh, this, com this quantity of sugar. So maybe we make the choice with a variety which is uh, which is a uh, which is a lower producer of sugar, for example. So it depends on uh, on producer and uh, on the vineyard and uh, uh, the the objective and uh, the context uh, they have. There is not a unique solution. In fact, mm. uh, it's really depending of the producer, uh, the objective of the producer, and the context of uh, his vineyard too. Okay, so what I'm trying to get to is um, these varieties, they have names, people know them, and either we can talk about the pros and cons of the variety, or do you have a, like, is, is there a publication where people can look at what varieties are being looked at, which are good for what condition, and uh, so that people who are interested in this, maybe producers from Germany, from Spain, from Portugal, from Chile, whatever, who listen to this, where they can actually go and see the results of your studies. Because um, it, it is nice to know that the study is going on, but the people listening here, they want the results. They, they, they do not need the study. They need the results of the study, you know? Yes. No, it's normal. So uh, <laughs> before... Uh, uh, 
uh, having the, the idea to help the producers uh, uh, to adapt to the climate change. Uh, we don't have to forget that uh, we are first researchers and uh, um, the production that uh, we have to do is a publication, scientific publication. So uh, we publish uh, all our research in uh, uh, international uh, reviews, scientific international scientific reviews. And uh, but uh, finally, uh, we we can see that uh, these results are more available for scientific community than uh, public community. So what we do uh, for the results that uh, uh, um, we answer to the to the question of professional and uh, we we interact with them and uh, uh, by uh, discussion by uh, um, um, sorry I don't know the name in English in do you understand vulgar vulgarization. Conversation. So, what we also do, we we just not publish scientific article. We also uh, adapt uh, our language to the public, yeah, this is and what we I'm also publish to ah, professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So, so you are trying to make the the topic as easy accessible as possible. Yes. So we adapt uh, the language. And this is what, what I'm trying we... to to bring this podcast to. I, can you give me a list of the 10 most promising varieties that you look at out of these 52 where you say, okay, this seems to be good at Bordeaux. People report, this works for me. Is it, does something like this exist? It's very difficult because uh, I can give you a list uh, with my uh, agronomic uh, uh, eyes, in fact, with the, the, the agronomical uh, Characterization that I could make with, uh, for example, um, the the first uh, experimental producers have chosen a variety from Portugal to Regia Nacional. It's a great variety, but we also have other uh, Portuguese varieties like uh, Tinto Cao or Vinao that are very good at agronomical uh, level, and. Uh, For example, Tinto Cao uh, is a variety with a very hard skin. And uh, so very hard skin is not only good just to be good, it just, it's just uh, uh, it's good against disease, disease against yes, fungus. Yeah, sure, sure. Mm. So uh, that's an element that I can give you with uh, uh, the height of agronomical uh parameter level but uh, um, uh, what I can say to you also that uh, it was an experimentation and it was funny to see that uh, we uh, we wanted to uh, experiment to Pinot Noir uh, because Pinot Noir is a very earliest variety early variety sorry and it's also a national Uh, reference because the Pinot Noir was uh, uh, was very studied not in Bordeaux, not in France, but in the world. And uh, when we introduced Pinot Noir, uh, uh, so in 2009, uh, because it was a uh, very early variety, 
produced in France in the north, uh, we, we could see that, uh, the grapes were not able to, uh, to reach maturity. Uh, the grapes were dried before reaching maturity. So we said, of course, it's normal because it's early and uh, normally it's produced in the north. So the context in Bordeaux is not adapted for this variety. But we could see that years after year, year after year, finally, it's like a plasticity or a capacity of adaptation of the variety. And now Pinot Noir is able to produce good grapes and grapes reaching maturity, not just uh, dry grapes. So uh, we also have to uh, uh, to include in uh, the system that uh, the plant will naturally also adapt to a context. Uh, uh, that if you propose to a variety a new context, of course, it will take times, of course, but uh, we could see that a variety is able to adapt after many years. So that was very interesting for them to see that. And maybe it was also a, a, an answer or a result for us to understand uh, why a variety like Cabernet Sauvignon, for example, uh, or Chardonnay or Sauvignon can be planted everywhere in the world. Because finally, uh, if you start with uh, Cabernet Sauvignon in California, for example, maybe the first five years, the result will not be good and the quality of Cabernet Sauvignon will not be good. But maybe after five years, with the adaptation of this variety, maybe the production will be very nice and the quality uh, uh, will change too. So it was a good uh, result for them uh, to see that. And uh, um, so it's very difficult to give you a, a list of five varieties because uh, some are very good for the phenology and uh, other uh, are very good for uh, producer of sugar. For example, yes, I can give you another example. I, I, I would like Sangiovese to... <laughs> from Italy is a, a very well adapted uh, variety at agronomical level. So we will uh, soon see in Brunello di Sant'Emilion. <laughs> <laughs> yes, why not? So Sangiovese uh, is yes, well I, adapted. I want to propose something because um, I've just been googling around a little bit and I found an It's article. very difficult. I found just it. between you and me, it's very difficult. Uh, no, no, Sangiovese is a very high producer of sugar. So I'm, I qu I'm quite sure that uh, no producer will choose this variety because he said we already have a problem with sugars. So if we will not introduce uh, uh, varieties that uh, produce a lot of sugars. But it's a shame because if uh, at agronomical level, for just for the uh, cultural practices, it's a well-adapted variety, maybe it's a shame because the acidity is is not uh, included and maybe it could be nice just for the acidity, just uh, 5% in the blend, for example. So for me, it's very difficult to give you uh, an answer because... Uh, I want to propose an idea. So <laughs> I've been Googling right now and I <clears throat> I found an article, winemake.com from uh, 
2021 Bordeaux Grape Varieties News. And so I will just read a bit. The classic Bordeaux wines are most at risk, that mo are most at risk are Merlot and Sauvignon Blanc. They make up the bulk of red and white wines in the Bordeaux region. Due to the dramatic climate shift starting in the late 1990s, harvest for these early ripening grapes crept into August. September 10 to October 10 is the historic norm. According to research, these two grapes, as they exist now, could be useless by 2050. Now, this is serious. I mean, <laughs> Merlot and Sauvignon Blanc. Then they say, the new kids on the Bordeaux block, new red varieties. And for example, here it comes. I've never heard of this. Arina Noir. Arina Noir. Origin, Indra, 1956. The results mm -hmm. of a cross between Tana and Cabernet Sauvignon. Arina, yeah. Arina Noir is known for its steady production, large bunches and late burst. It is resistant to grey rot. It adapts well to climate changes, producing low sugar levels and good acidity. Wines are well-structured, colorful and tannic with complex, persistent aromas. And this, as it is described, is this true for wines that are produced from Arina Noir in Bordeaux region? Yes, that's Under the results we obtain. Okay. I want to uh, make a proposition. Can we maybe do a second episode where we go through each of the variety and make a description of how it performs under Bordeaux circumstances, where you what you have found, like this, a characterization of what, how does the grape behave here? Uh, we can do that, but it's uh, based on the choice that the producer made for the varieties. So uh, the. The information that I will give you uh, are the um, the information on which they base just to make their choice. Um, I'm not sure I'm the best uh, person to give you that because uh, my objective was just to give a database. Do not you, to make do you, a choice. Do you know who I could talk to to uh, produce this kind of information? Because this list is now seven varieties, but they say these are some seven of the 52 you are looking into. Yes, yes, because we give the database. We gave the database with all the information. Where, where is it? Where can I find it? The database. The database? Yes. Uh, the database So uh, is... Um, um, in fact, they ask us and we gave them all the information. Where, where is uh, the, they? All the, the results. The uh, producers. Or who, who is they? They asked us. So that's, uh, the, that I wanted to explain. Yeah. Um, just, um, so Inao, uh, proposed, proposed, uh, in 2009, an experimentation with the capacity of introduce the wine in AOC wine. But when they propose this, it's not to the producer directly. It's to the syndicate. That's what I explained to you. So, um, and the syndicate of appellation, uh, syndicate de production, uh, uh, finally, um, it's the organization that, uh, it's very difficult to explain. Um, the name in English, uh, I don't know, uh, in French is Cahier des Charges. 
So if you leave, if you produce in Saint-Emilion, you have to follow Saint-Emilion Cahier des Charges. Ah, so it's the, the, the list of accepted uh, varieties. Not only the list. Uh, it's also uh, the the time for harvest, uh, if you can add or not sugars, if you can... Uh, How many hectoliters per hectare is... Uh, all okay, the regulation okay, okay. yeah, yeah, sure. for Saint-Emilion. Yes. But this document for Saint-Emilion is not the same in Médoc, it's not the same in Margot in Médoc, because there are different appellations with different regulations. And... Uh, The, the choice of the varieties for Bordeaux for experimentation was made by syndica, by appellations, not by producers. And producers are uh, at the level uh, downstairs, but <laughs> uh, to propose the list, the syndica needs to regroup before the producer implicated in the in the in the appellation for example yesterday in the morning i was in at bechac et caillot odg bordeaux bordeaux sup this is le syndicat yeah odg is for organisme de défense et de gestion to defense and to organize it's an organism for defense and organization bordeaux bordeaux sup it's more than 60% of bordeaux wine production it's the biggest syndicat it was the first syndicat that proposed a list with six varieties that was you were reading i oh. think Maybe, yes. It's the first syndicat. At the moment, oh. in Bordeaux, only producers... Ah, okay, so these, what, what I yes, what I have here, this is the varieties that have been approved and now people can plant it. So yes. it's Arina Noa, Castel, Marcelin, Turiga Nacional, Alvarino and Liliorilla. So six, the six approved varieties concern just Bordeaux, Bordeaux soup. The same list for the red varieties, so the four red varieties, is actually proposed by Medoc ou Medoc Listrac to Inao, to the institution. It's not approved at the moment. Who would I have to talk to to find out why they choose these varieties, like the criteria? the pros and the cons and why they did not choose the other varieties because I would like to have this information and yes. this would be easy, accessible, understandable information that yes, winemakers yes. actually can work yes, with. Yes, I understand. So, just to explain to you. Sure. Uh, so, we are researchers with the experimentation and the database. So, database is is not... Uh, uh, so, we have database uh, uh, with... Um, if you ask me to... To, uh, to have the information of the database, you send me an email. It's a Vitfe database and uh, you will have a count and you can see the, the results. Okay? So it's not a problem. The professional uh, never want 
this database because it's many years, many replications and many data and many dates for phenology, for example, many dates and, and uh, the codes that uh, I use for my experimentation. Okay. For example, yes, Tempranillo. This is uh, the name the of my Tempranillo. Okay. So yeah. you imagine, yeah, yeah, yeah. so sure. they are not interested by this. They want just a, um, a summary. They just want the classification that I, I explained to you. So we classify. We publish. It's uh, you can you can find in UNOAN and other uh, um, scientific uh, journals. You will find our publication. And for example, for the sugars. We published last year in Agronomy Journal. What do you think? How many percents of the wine producers read these publications? Less than one percent. Okay. If you had the Nobody. chance, if, if somebody came to you producing a podcast, talking about these things to winemakers where they listen, what would be yeah, the summary but it's to them? So, it, I understand, but it's difficult. But we are researcher, And, um, for example, if you... Uh, If you're a wine producer, the production that you have to do is a bottle of wine that you can sell. When you are a researcher, the only production that uh, you have to produce is scientific data results. And the only main for us to sell, if I can say like that, is to publish, to give your name, to give the data, to give your uh, email address, to give your contacts. And then that's the only thing that uh, we are evaluated on. Yes. We have to produce data, results, and to give and to share this to the community. When we share with on a scientific publication, it's like we sell. Yeah, I know. Because we, we give the possibility to, to the other to touch the results, the data. It's the same when you buy a bottle of wine. It's the only possibility for the producer to to share. Yeah, but you don't product. need a PhD to drink a bottle of wine. But you maybe need a PhD to understand the results that are being shared by Inray. So what we what we do in parallel that we publish, we also publish in a professional. Uh, In professional uh, um, journals. journals. Yes. Uh, for example, um, L'Union Girondine. Yes. Okay. Which so is widely every read. Every year by we publish in Union Girondine. So in Union Girondine, we adapt the language uh, just to be sure that the, the professional and the producer will understand. But we also had graphs. And we know that it's very difficult to understand graphs because it's not the same thing to read uh, uh, the stick on, on a bottle of wine and to understand a scientific graph, of course. But we are available if they want to discuss with with us about this research. And so what's happened? So we are researcher and uh, so we produce data and uh, we have results also at DNA level that so this is our part so two years uh, in 2009 Inao proposed the experimentation but Inao 
it's a, a regimentation, in fact. It's just an organization that, uh, 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 job is to be sure that, uh, the regimentation is okay. And, uh, if you are in Saint-Emilion, you produce wine of Saint-Emilion with all, uh, with the respect of Saint-Emilion wine production, uh, uh, levels and uh, exports. If you are in Medoc, they have to, just to control that it's uh, uh, um, um, yes, the production is adapted to yes, what you is have in to the, the local legislation. Yes, yes. yes. Sure. This is in our uh, concept, and uh, the document for Saint Emilion or for Medoc or for Margot or for uh, Pomerol or is uh, like a book with all the information inside. And each appellation has its own book. Okay? And in this book, you have the authorized varieties or not. You have the authorized uh, cultural practices or not. You have the authorized analogical practices or not. Everything is described, is described in, a, in a, like a book that we called Cahier des Charges. Yes. Okay? And what's happened uh, with INAO decree in 2009, this was for appellation, for cahier des charges. Uh, to propose to experiment new varieties needs to... The first step uh, was on cahier des charges. And cahier des charges is written by syndicat d'appellation. So... Uh, in 2009, when uh, the, the, the different syndicats d'appellation could see the authorization, they said, what do you, what do you want? Uh, do you want, uh, do, what do we want? Sorry. Uh, do we want to propose a list to now to be accepted and included in Cahier des Charges or not? Some said, no, we don't want. And ODG Bordeaux Bordeaux Sup said, yes, we want. But which list? Which varieties? Uh, from where? From? So they asked us to produce, to give them the data on the varieties. They have no idea at the beginning. Or maybe if they have ideas, they didn't say anything to, to us. They just asked, could you share the data? Could you share the results? And of course, if you want uh, the table with a produ high producer of sugars, this is the list. Uh, high producer of acids, this is the list. We gave the information. We made. We also made some wines with uh, uh, not from 2000. Uh, we started in 2015, and I am not an oenologist, so I contacted the, the oenologist to give the information of. Uh, is it typical from Bordeaux or not? And we gave them the information. And what happened? In fact, they uh, they organized meetings with their producers. And uh, um, before proposing a list to Inao, they discussed with their producers because um, their producers... Uh, 
have to follow the cahier des charges. Uh, and um, do you understand adhérent? No, but if you adhérent. pronounce it, I can Google um, translate it. <laughs> adhésion. A-D-E-A-D-H. Adhesion. Adhesion. So, yes, I know the word, but I need to look it up. Adhesion. Okay, I can read it. I absolutely do not understand what I am reading. Maybe in German? Adhesion is the tendency of dissimilar particles or surfaces to cling to one another. Adhesion is stickiness. Yes. Uh, in fact, um, if you produce at Saint-Emilion, um, and uh, um, you... It's hyper compliqué. It's very, it's very technical. Uh, declaration of your production. If you produce in Saint-Emilion, and uh, you have to uh, make the declaration of your production as Saint-Emilion wine. And for this, you have to give the information to Syndicat Saint-Emilion that you follow Cahier des Charges Saint-Emilion. So you are completely linked to your syndicat for the production. Yes. Okay. You can, uh, I think that uh, an isolated uh, producer doesn't exist. You can produce uh, if you are not attached to a syndica. It's not possible. If you do that, you will never write on your bottle Saint-Emilion. It will be French wine. Yeah. So Do this you is yeah yeah we we have the same thing in Germany. Yes. Uh, so we have like the the appellation and if you want to get an like if you want to have your wine like approved, an agreement. Yeah, you you need to follow uh, the rules. So that is yes. the typicality, the taste, the filtration, all this stuff. And there are some winemakers who say no, I want to produce free of sulfur, unfiltered, whatever I want to do, and mm -hmm. so they have to pay uh, to sell as van de pay. And then it becomes very expensive on the pay. This works, but they are uh, the exceptions, but they are a largely growing number of exceptions right now. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, but I understand what you're getting. It's the same to. system. Sure. So, um, when uh, um, Syndicat Bordeaux, uh, Bordeaux Sup, ODG Bordeaux, Bordeaux Sup decided to, uh, to propose a list, uh, they could not do, uh, Uh, they could not make the choice just uh, the director and the president and the secretary. So they asked the producer uh, that uh, are linked to them. Uh, they propose a meeting to discuss about uh, this uh, experimentation and this list. And they made a lot of meetings. One, two, three. And each time they invited us to give the tables and the results. But for the, each time, we did the same information with the table, as I said to you, and it was finally uh, a summary of what we published in the scientific uh, articles, but just with adaptation of language and uh, adaptation of graphics to be sure that they were able to understand. 
if you make it just a table with a, uh, at the top a high producer of sugars and at the bottom low producer, everybody can understand. So that what we made during one, two, three, four meetings, and it takes time. And finally, after that, after each meeting, they discuss all together. And uh, one day, uh, we were not informed, finally, but we could see in the press that Bordeaux Bordeaux Soup have chosen f four red and uh, two white, but we were not implicated in the choice. We could we could read the choice by reading the press like you. Yeah, so um, this is one of the most interesting things of uh, what, what I am about to propose to you and to others because I understand that there's a problem in the wine industry. It is the partisanship. Like people do not communicate properly with each other and institutions mm. do not communicate. Uh, as this B2B podcaster that I am, I am a very free agent. I can talk to everybody. I can yeah. argue with everybody. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, I can be friends with almost everybody depending on the chemistry <laughs> between yeah. the people. Um, but uh, I am, by chance, in this very interesting situation to communicate complicate, complicated topics yeah. to the audience who actually need it in the way they understand it. Because I sit here as a winemaker and when I get confused, I am very sure that 95% of my audience also yes. get confused. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I can yeah. I can I can spend hours and hours with you, for example, trying to understand what you are trying to, bit, yeah. to to tell and, and summarize it in a way that my audience understands it yes, because yes. I understand it. Yes, yes, and, yes, yes. And uh, I, I I see that this is very, very necessary necessary. And the short meta message is just for you to know that we were the support yeah, sure, sure. Of the choice, sure. But we are, we were not implicated in the choice. Yes. Can you? Okay. Um, now, if you see the results that uh, Bordeaux Superior uh, did, can you understand their the varieties so, they chose? Does it make sense to you? So, for me personally, personally, uh, I think uh, they have chosen uh, castets. Because it's an old variety uh, cultivated in uh, Bordeaux area before, they wanted to 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 keep something from Bordeaux. Yeah, that's that's my opinion. <laughs> Southwestern France origin, possibly in Gironde. Yes. Is this Bordeaux Gironde? Yeah, Gironde is uh, all around. Bordeaux is. Ah, so I'm not. In... I, I'm still struggling to get yeah, all yeah, the yeah. Uh, to the, get the. So in the region Nouvelle Aquitaine. Yes. In Région Nouvelle-Aquitaine, you have uh, Pyrénées Atlantique in the yes. south with Pyrenees. If you go up, you have Land, Land, okay. And if you continue, you have Gironde, thirty-three, mm -hmm. okay. And if you continue, you have uh, Charente, sure. Charente Maritime, uh, Royan. Angoulême, it's north of Bordeaux, and then Dordogne. Okay, I understand my problem. It is that I spent three weeks learning the different areas where the 
grapes come from. So Saint-Emilion, Medoc, but uh, this is not matched with the names of the land of the area we are in. So uh, this is why I'm confused with the names. Uh, we were talking about the uh, Castet, why they yes. introduced Castet. Yes. And I will give it back to you now. <laughs> so Castet uh, comes from Gironde. And uh, I think that, uh, in my opinion, uh, is that uh, the producers wanted to experiment this variety because it's an old variety uh, from Gironde and uh, they wanted to know uh, uh, what is uh, the behavior and uh, the capacity to production in Bordeaux now with the new uh, uh, climate context. So this is for castets. Uh, the other varieties that they have chosen uh, are... Uh, Arinar Noir, Marcelin, and Touriga National from Portugal. Arinar Noir and Marcelin uh, are varieties that uh, were produced by uh, crossing Cabernet Sauvignon with another variety. Arinar Noir is a cross between Cabernet Sauvignon and Tanat. Marcelin is a cross between Cabernet Sauvignon and Grenache. Tanat is a variety from Gironde too, from the south uh, west of France. So it's like a local variety crossed with Cabernet Sauvignon. So I think that uh, when the producer made the choice of the variety, it was the same than for Castet. They wanted to uh, experiment local varieties and all varieties uh, from the region. And uh, for Marcelin, uh, it's a cross between Cabernet Sauvignon and Grenache. And Grenache, Grenache is a variety uh, uh, especially produced uh, in the south uh, east of France, uh, Languedoc. And uh, so it's a variety adapted to uh, um, a climate with highest temperature. So I think that they wanted to test this cross between Grenache and Cabernet Sauvignon to keep the part of Cabernet Sauvignon for Bordeaux typicity and then to introduce uh, an adapted variety to highest temperature. And for Touriga National, uh, I think that uh, they wanted to to test uh, um, a variety uh, which is very qualitative in Portugal, uh, which is uh, the capacity to produce a very, very good, uh, to produce very, very good grapes and then after to produce very good wine uh, with these grapes. So I think that they wanted to experiment. As I said to you, uh, it's not uh, their, uh, their aim is not to make a revolution, it's just to make an experimentation. And for me, it was a very, very nice thing uh, to, to receive the information of uh, this possibility of experimentation at professional level. Because when we started the experimentation in 2009, it was just at scientific level, uh, with just one rootstock and one type of soil in a, a region of uh, Bordeaux vineyard, uh, region uh, Grave. And uh, so it was very limited. And we were also limited by the number of the plant for the experimentation. As I said to you, uh, we organized the experimentation with blocks and on each blocks we have 10 plants per variety and five blocks. So only 50 plants per variety for our experimentation. But the idea is was to start with an experimentation and 
to uh, create a database to have information of on new varieties uh, if one day maybe in bordeaux uh, we will uh, we will be on the situation where we have to think about introduce other varieties so it was just an anticipation in fact and uh, so because of uh, the evolution of the regulation with the possibility of experimentation by a professional for me uh, it was very nice because finally our experimentation was the step one and now we will be able to have a step two at a professional level at vineyard level with uh, different types of soils different types of rootstocks different uh cultural practices too and also different climates because uh, some will experiment in the north of Bordeaux vineyard and others in more in the south so finally we had uh, with the step one we created a database but limited database and now we will be able to have a huge database with a lot of different parameters that we didn't have with our just scientific experimentation so uh, for me, it's a very, very good opportunity for the producers to be able to experiment and to have another tool to adapt to climate change and for the researchers to have a huge database to continue the research and to be able to uh, make a, a study about modelization of the behavior of new varieties in Bordeaux because we were limited by some parameters. Now we will have more parameters for so for modelization for example it will be very nice maybe we will be able to uh, create a, a scenario to say that uh, uh, if you produce arinarnoa uh, in a, a, a sand soil in the north of bordeaux uh, maybe the profile of the wine will be this one and if you produce the same pro variety arinarnoa in the sand soil but uh, um, uh, with uh, more uh, graves or um, another type of soil. In, but with modelization, we will be able to say that uh, the behavior in, of Arinarnoa in this part of Bordeaux vineyard will be this one. So uh, the for me, uh, on my for my. Uh, opinion um i think that the producer uh, have their um um uh, interest to have chosen this variety interest for to test new variety to have a tool to adapt interest uh, because uh, uh, i think that uh, as i said to you uh, two of the four uh, are local varieties uh, used in the past or uh, across between a local variety and Cabernet Sauvignon. So they have their, their regional and uh, local interest. But, uh, they also want to test, uh, variety adapted, uh, on the highest temperature context. So I think that, and as I said to you, for us, uh, the, it's the opportunity to continue the researches on this new variety in Bordeaux. Yes. Um, 
I think what could be also very beneficial is uh, maybe if there were some special approvals for great bigger field tests of other varieties, not just the typical French, because this is still very French-centered, very around Cabernet Sauvignon and its uh, relatives, um, but to have more varieties field tested in different areas. So maybe this this might be an addition. But now to, to end this conversation, you said to me uh, earlier that you are looking for partners, for participants, for people who want to engage in this kind of experimentation, uh, also on the level of consumption, on the level of wine growing, maybe scientific partners. Who are you looking for and how can they reach out to you? So in the appellation, appellation Bordeaux, Bordeaux Sup, Bordeaux, Bordeaux Superior, uh, they have chosen... Uh, to experiment six varieties. But this experimentation uh, will be organized with the regulation and uh, all the, the information they will keep with these varieties need to be approved by uh, an organism. So uh, in the second step where the, the experimentation will be done now at a professional uh, level, uh, at a Bordeaux vineyard level, uh, we still continue the collaboration because we will uh, give uh, to the professional all the protocols and the methods and, uh, and we will follow them in, the, in the, um, the experimentation to give them all the information uh, Uh, all the necessary information uh, to produce data on these varieties. And uh, those data, we go back to the, the syndica and then we go back to the INAO institution too because INAO will accept or not the varieties following the results that they will have in different parts of Bordeaux Vineyard. So uh, we will continue uh, the experimentation with the producers, but I think that uh, we don't have to stop just at a collaboration between uh, INAO, uh, syndica, producers and researchers. We also need to have the, the opinion of the consumers uh, with these new varieties. And we also need to have the opinion of the citizens that will live near this experimentation to be sure that uh, it's clear enough for them that uh, why uh, their neighbor, who is producer, decided to experiment a variety from Portugal, for example. So uh, what we want to do now is to create a big project with uh, uh, a lot of different types of participants, including citizens, consumers, producers, and and uh, why not schools also, to be sure that uh, the information about uh, climate change impacts is uh, uh, completely uh, clear for the students too, because uh, the students from at today... Bordeaux or at France or worldwide project you're talking about? Uh, to do this experiment and this project... Uh, First, we have to to work at a local uh, scale and uh, not 
Bordeaux vineyard scale, but territoire. For example, we will uh, 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 we will limit uh, a zone uh, in a Bordeaux vineyard just to start, and then after the idea is uh, when we will have uh, all the methods very clear and all the the first results. Uh, the idea is to extend to the other Bordeaux regions and then after to extend to the other vineyard in France. But uh, at the moment, it's just a small uh, zone of Bordeaux that will be experimented. And uh, so because it's a huge project and uh, with a lot of partners, so uh, to be sure to be clear and uh, to organize the, the thing for the first time, uh, we want a local scale for the beginning. And then after we want to extend Uh, at Bordeaux Vineyard and then at other vineyard. What qualifies an institution or a company to become partner in this project, if they are interested? Yes. Uh, so the um, we know that uh, by fact, uh, syndicat uh, ODG Bordeaux Bordeaux Supérieur uh, is interested because they have chosen to experiment varieties. So we will start with them and uh, all the producers from this region that want to experiment. And uh, But uh, we also uh, contacted uh, our colleagues, uh, analogists and uh, economy, uh, for the economical aspect, we contacted colleagues. But we also contacted colleagues for uh, social and human uh, science. Uh, because we know that uh, if we change varieties, uh, at the moment it's just uh, cultural, uh, cultivated varieties like Cabernet Sauvignon, but we know that uh, there is also an impact on uh, the, uh, the, the environment. And, uh, and what I can add here is, um, Uh, in Bordeaux, the action is not limited to uh, um, cultivated varieties and uh, classical cultivated varieties. Uh, in Bordeaux vineyard, uh, we they the producers uh, also wanted to experiment uh, resistant varieties to disease. So it's uh, hybrid varieties. So. Uh, We imagine that uh, the people will be well informed on these new varieties and uh, well informed on the impact that uh, it can have uh, on the, in the environment, in fact. Sorry, I'm not sure I am very clear, but um, just to to start and uh, to, to come back to the experimentation with the 52 varieties, uh, maybe what I have... Uh, what I need to to precise is that uh, everywhere in the world you have uh, more than 600 cultivated varieties of just a grapevine. And uh, what we experiment with the 50 is uh, varieties coming from these classical and natural varieties. But uh, many years ago, uh, uh, to face the problem of uh, disease and to uh, and the use of uh, chemical uh, products, uh, 
a group of researchers uh, and scientists cross uh, natural varieties uh, with the natural resistance to disease. So you're talking about fungal resistance hybrids. varieties. Yes. yes, and I talk about hybrids varieties. Yeah. So I just want to precise that hybrids varieties are not GMOs. It's completely different. GMOs, you introduce a part of DNA from another space. Yes. Uh, another, and but when you create an uh, an hybrid, you just cross uh, two DNAs from the same uh, um, spaces, in fact. And that's what the scientists did many years ago uh, to improve the resistance of the grapevines to disease. And uh, um, so the varieties that the producers have chosen in uh, Bordeaux, Bordeaux soup are just cultivated in the classical varieties. But now they are thinking about experiment two, resistant varieties to disease. So the regulation in our uh, institute proposed to experiment 10 red varieties and 10 white varieties. And in these 20 varieties, it includes classical varieties, but also resident, resistant varieties. If you uh, stay at uh, the level of uh, cultivated varieties, we can imagine that for uh, citizens, it will have no impact for them uh, on the environment because they will see the same varieties and without reduction of uh, chemical products application. But if you, uh, if the, the producers decided to experiment resistant varieties, of course, they will use less and less and less chemical products, but they will have to inform the neighbor that there are hybrid uh, varieties. And uh, to inform and to reassure, in fact, the, the society that this is not GMOs. And it's just, uh, um, of course, a human action to create hybrids. But hybrids are naturally created in the uh, in the nature. Yeah, I mean, our Just our traditional uh, varieties they could also be called hybrids. Just the breeding was done hundreds and thousands of years before. Every, I completely every, agree. Every major plant we as humans use, every animal we as humans use, does not exist in the wild. I they are all completely bred. agree. And uh, so breeding is is very very normal it's thing natural that we do. Uh, yes. uh, it's a natural phenomenon of course i yes. uh, i completely agree but we have to give the good information and uh, maybe we have to to remind what you are you were saying uh, just now uh, to the society because i'm not sure because of uh, gmo's problem that uh, we had uh, we had many years ago i'm not sure uh, there is no confusion in the, the mind of the people, uh, of the society, uh, on all these aspects. So, yes, it's, uh, it's very nice. And, uh, as you said, it's breeding is natural, but maybe we have to, 
to remind this to the society and uh, to explain what's happened finally, uh, and not only on grapevine uh, uh, um, domain finally, but uh, agriculture, agriculture in general. In general. Yeah, sure, yes. Sure, sure. And uh, yeah, but I think this is it's a it's a good topic and uh, it's a topic for another day. It's a <laughs> it's a whole topic because I also know that from GMO there are some very very interesting uh, type of grape varieties that are being developed. But uh, so we can look at shifting mm, shifting varieties from one area to the other area as climate shifts. We can look at hybrids mm -hmm. and we can look at GMOs. And I think we can also just look at, uh, for example, new uh, new root varieties from other continents and look for what, what they have to offer. So this is a huge, huge field of research yes. and we have not scratched the surface, I think. <laughs> so, um, Agnes, uh, I would end this now because uh, we could go on for end and, <laughs> without an end. And uh, one thing I would ask you to do is, uh, I have just been, let's say, presented with some very interesting projects that are going on, not just yours, but also uh, the the Eve's project. And uh, maybe with your new knowledge about what is going on at this research center and also at Bordeaux, what are the interesting websites and projects that you want to draw people's attention to? Because If I had no idea that this exists, I'm sure many people who listen to this podcast also have no idea. What can you introduce to people, what they should take a look at? Uh, I want to introduce to people that, uh, as I said before, uh, we are researchers and uh, what we have to produce is scientific data and uh, scientific uh, results that we publish in... Uh, Uh, reviews that are not available to everybody. And uh, so uh, what uh, we wanted uh, in parallel is that uh, all the data that we produce, all the results that uh, we produce are completely uh, free and open to the people. So that's the reason why uh, um, um, review was created in Bordeaux, but for the international uh, community, it's IVES uh, review. And so it's completely open. And I invite you uh, uh, to go to the website and uh, to have a look on the, the research and uh, the results we obtain. And uh, what I want to add is that uh, three years ago, uh, um, We also wanted to publish uh, technical uh, aspects of uh, the research and the protocols and the methods that we develop. So uh, now you will uh, also able to find, it's completely free and open, uh, a review, a technical review uh, that uh, you can find uh, on the website, uh, technical review, IVES technical review where you will uh, discover uh, different uh, methods, including uh, agronomical uh, methods, but also analogical practices, uh, published by uh, scientists. And, uh, um, uh, but um, also, uh, not only in English, that is the international language for the research, but uh, it is 
uh, all the technical reviews are translated in six languages. Which are? And which are Portuguese, Italian, Spanish, English, French, and German. German. Nice. So <laughs> I invite you to, to go to the website and to discover because it's completely open, completely free. And for the technical aspect, it's also translated in, uh, I hope, your language. <laughs> yeah, sure. So um, for the people interested, uh, I will just read out the names. So we have Eves, which is I-V-E-S, Eves. And uh, the websites are Eves uh, minus, how do you say this in English? Minus pe people uh, know. Uh, Eves minus openscience.eu. When it comes to the technical reviews, it is Eves minus technicalreviews.eu. And then you also have this um, publication journal, which is ONO1, which is OENO1, OENO minus one.eu. And these are the websites. I will link them in the show notes. There's also conferences, which you find at Ives minus conference series dot eu conference series one word so this is what uh, people should definitely be looking at and be become aware of i think and uh Agnes, so uh thanks a lot this was a very complicated topic and uh i hope i didn't annoy you too much with my questions but i enjoyed this conversation a lot and um we just had uh a guest <laughs> which interrupted us, uh, Julian. He's one of your colleagues and um, he's uh, executive manager of the IVES project. And I really hope that I uh, will get uh, more in contact with you and maybe uh, help uh, communicating the results in a way that my audience understands it. Because my audience is your audience. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you a lot. And I was very happy uh, to to uh, to meet you to discover uh, your project and uh, yes it's a difficult subject uh, and uh, it's always very difficult to explain the, the part of the research and the link that we can have the, with the professional but uh, i hope we were enough here uh, to present you what we did in bordeaux vineyard Uh, between uh, uh, and how the, the research could be a support for the professional to help them uh, to find tools to adapt to climate change. So thanks for your your operation. Thanks for the interview. Thanks for your interest. And uh, I uh, stay available for maybe another subject another time. But uh, thanks a lot. <laughs> sure. If anybody listening. Uh, tries to reach out to you directly where can they find you uh, they can find me on the uh, website umregfv umregfv uh, it's uh, the unit uh, research uh, where I am working uh, now and uh, and uh, maybe uh, I can publish Diego the can publish and uh, add a note to uh, sure. with my email address and uh, you're welcome to contact me. I will be very happy uh, to uh, answer to your questions. No spam, please. <laughs> so that's it for today. Thank you, Agnes, and I'll be on top.
After the interview, I thought hmm, maybe I insisted a bit too hard on finding out what these grape varieties were. But then I also thought, no, actually, uh, it's it's quite. This is what's interesting. This is what's really interesting to me, and uh, I hope to uh, build up a partnership with. Uh, Agnes and her research team and also uh, many other researchers that formed a group that is group that is called EVES, the International Viticulture and Enology Society that has quite some remarkable universities in it and to help them communicate the finding and results of their research to my audience because I think my audience is their audience so my questions might be the questions of my audience actually so we will see how this will proceed and for now you know how it is if you enjoy conversations like these please introduce my podcast to a friend thank you